a discussion with Magic Brad. Welcome to Create with Tripulix. Hey, it's me. Hey, I finally made it to episode 9, and I hope you enjoy my conversation with Magic Brad as much as I did. And now, here's Magic Brad. YouTube lies about the numbers. I don't really care. I really care more, and I'm not really about the numbers anymore. I'm more about the relationships that I meet, make with people and leveraging, you know, them leveraging me, me leveraging them, how we can trade off things and get ahead that way. Uh, it yep, just, I'm in agreement with you. I think a lot of the numbers you see are, are not real or... Yeah, the YouTube a while back, if you've been watching any of the big YouTubers, they're going, oh my God, they cut my promotion and I'm only seeing about half what I used to see. What they did was they chopped the actual viewing of everybody across the board. So I got a, uh, I got a ex-girlfriend, an ex-wife and my mom. Sounds like a joke that you, a dirty joke, but it's really not. They all watch into my, a bar. <laughs> they all watch my YouTube video and YouTube says there's only one viewer. <laughs> That's what I mean. I think a lot of it is fake, or if it's if it's not fake, it's uh, people perceive it as being something like TikTok. Just like you got you know half a million users on there, they they've only seen it for a minute as they're scrolling past. Yeah, well, TikTok is Chinese spyware, and that's I figure it's a it's a Chinese plot to degrade America. No, <laughs> it's actually a it's a Chinese plot to spy on America. That little yeah. shit turns your microphone on, takes pictures, not of you, um, military installations, anywhere they uh, GPS in and figure out they want a picture. Bing, turn it on, turn on the mic. That uh, it's not allowed by DoD um, anywhere near their stuff. There's a lot of stuff that's out there in plain sight that a lot of naysayers don't know that it's there and they deny it. So enough about the security crap. That was seven minutes wasted in hell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you have a, um, you've been doing um, publicity for yourself and promoting yourself and you, because of the virus thing, you moved over to, to online, but let, explain this to me. Well, let me give you my little, I got a real quick uh, explanation of what got me started and we can go off of that. Um, when I was a little kid, a guy made a cord disappear, pulled it out of my ear, got me fascinated in magic. So I started doing magic as a hobby and then into grade school, into high school. I started making some money in high school. And then when I graduated in 1975, People said, you should get a job. So I did. I got a job with the Anoka County Parks Department, uh, cleaning out uh, bathrooms and mowing lawns and cutting trees. And after three years, I got laid off and I thought, where's my gold watch? I thought I had a, a job here. So I learned early to that self-employment was the way to do it. So I became a self-employed magician. And um, I'm uh, a strategic marketer. So rather than chasing after event planners, I created a trade show for event planners to come to to find all the things that they need to plan an event. And by strange coincidence, there's only one magician at that trade show, and that was me. Well, that, that was my that's lead a smart generator. idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I leverage stuff. <laughs> so I produced that show, and I did that through the 90s into 1998. Then this thing called the internet came along, and people started doing online stuff, and it got different. And it, I just said, you know what? I didn't like business anymore. So I quit it all and I took a sleeping bag and went out to California and helped with his martial arts events. And then I came back from uh, California to back to Minneapolis and started another expo company doing trade shows. And uh, my business partner, we didn't have an alignment because he wanted a job. I wanted a business. And uh, I got stressed out. I had a mild stroke and said, I'm not going to die in this office. So I decided to resign from that. And I started doing more online. Uh, marketing because it gives me my location freedom where I can work when I want and go where I want and work with who I want. And then uh, I got back into the event world. So now what I'm doing is I'm sort of paralleling 
the live event world with the virtual event world with the online and kind of navigating them through. And uh, that's kind of where I've found now with this COVID thing is there is no such thing as live events anymore. So I'm doing some of it with this video thing and doing affiliate marketing and selling online products as opposed to, you know, live in-person stuff. So that's where I'm at now. If that made any sense. Yeah, no, it does make a lot of sense. And I was, I have been to many a trade show. Um, and I use the trade shows for both a, a mini vacation and a uh, stream of knowledge. So I use them for both things. So as far as like the event planning stuff, the event planning um, groups still get together. Um, do they just lose your event and went on to another one or because I, I know that the event planners still meet or at least they did up until virus. But now the question is after a virus, is anybody going to meet? Oh, they definitely still meet. And that's what I'm saying. I just finished my event planner expo on March 4th and then this COVID thing happened. So I just got it under the wire. The venue that I use, they shut down and all events were canceled at that venue. Yeah. So people are not doing live events right now they're doing zoom events yeah zoom and google just got into um they took uh hangout hangout meetup and um which was their old platform that was tied into google plus out of mothballs and released it uh about a month ago was meeting uh so you can go to a google meeting and compete with zoom yeah it doesn't really compete. It actually integrates. I've noticed that I open up my Zoom and that Google Meet thing is right there. I don't like that. but it's Really? A, it is on mine. I wonder what... Um, Google oh. might have bought it or something. Who knows? So it's kind of like when you go to the mall and you walk into one of the anchors, um, the mall is owned by, has an owner, but somebody owns the property usually too that's not the mall owner. Yep, they just uh, uh, announced that the Mall of America is in foreclosure. <laughs> yeah, that, I had heard that. Um, and that's owned out of Canada. So we, we've been, in Minnesota, we've been saying, uh, why don't you go to Canada and talk to them about it? We don't want to bail them out. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how does your online thing work? Um, which part of it? Well, explain it to me. I uh, and my audience, I, I really don't understand what your, uh, how your thing works, so great opportunity. Well, some of what I'm doing, with, when I was doing with the live events, I, had, I was using Facebook ads to target an audience. I did a 50-mile radius in Minneapolis, and then I did a Facebook event that was integrated with Eventbrite, and then people would register on Eventbrite that basically autofills and everything. And that integrates with MailChimp that went into an automated uh, sequence that was all promoting the upcoming March event expo. So I would partner up with somebody that might be doing a free meetup and they might be doing a meetup on how to use Facebook. I would alter the title a little bit and say how to use Facebook for the event industry. And then I would advertise it to the event industry and those people would opt in. And when they go into opt in in, uh, in Eventbrite, that builds my list and I can use that list and put it into my other, you know, Aweber and Kartra and all that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. And then that helps that person have more people at their meetup. Plus it builds my list that I can now event invite to the event expo in March. Oh, okay. So So what kind of attendance did you get in March? I had about 700. Okay, and I, and I spent probably about five hundred bucks in advertising, so say about a buck person. Oh, okay, it was pretty good. Yeah, it's so, very qualified. So, when you're what you're, what are you promoting online? Are you promoting like um, event planning stuff or um, a little bit? But again, the event stuff right now is on hold. But um, I found a uh, an affiliate. Uh, you know, affiliate marketing, I found a product that 
they sell bridesmaids dresses for weddings. Okay. And what the bridesmaids do is send all their measurements in to this company and then they make the dresses, then they send them out to the bridesmaids. And it's, oh. it's an affiliate program. So if, uh, if a bride got her bridesmaids together and there was like seven or 10 of them and they all got dresses done, that's going to be a thousand or 2000 bucks for dresses, I'm assuming. And then me as an affiliate marketer, I get a percentage of that. So that would be tied in with the event industry as far as weddings. Then there's other things like if you've ever heard of Deluxe Check, they're more sure. of a, they're located here in Minneapolis and they've got an affiliate program where they sell office supplies and they have services for uh, promoting their services and that's an affiliate program. So if somebody needs to set up their business or have a logo done, they can do that through Deluxe and if they do that, then I get a percentage of that. I see. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I know how everybody's trying to do the the anything they can to capture business stuff even liquor you can sell whiskey and tequila and stuff and they've got membership uh clubs where you can be a part of a whiskey club and they send you a little box of whiskey samples once a month yeah except that except you got to worry about uh being involved in that um, I'm not an attorney, but if you mail whiskey to the state of Connecticut where I reside um, without paying the tax on whiskey in my state um, and being on the authorized distribution system, you see my state is ruled was set up by the originating mafia. So was uh, Rhode Island and so are New York. So sure, but that, that's on the whiskey people, not on me. I'm no, just actually, Ed, they go after anybody and everybody. Well, I'm sure they would. <laughs> <laughs> They're anybody, not indiscriminate. When, they, when you violate money. the tax rules <laughs> and don't play by the tax thing so that they get their cut, they get really ticked. Anybody with money. Yeah, they went after uh, Amazon. I don't have any money. I don't have any money. They went after Amazon for- Well, Jeff's got money. Taxes <laughs> for everything that was sold on Amazon to state residents and made Amazon pay it. And they also went after eBay. Um, and uh, let's see, it was my state. And I got to look back and see which state it was, states it was. You guys don't really do that. I, I know um, y your state is pretty... Well, there are some stuff with liquor and all that. So another thing I'm doing is uh, there's a company called uh, Printful, and they do T-shirts and yeah, yeah, I know Printful. I use so that integrates with eBay, and then you can take that link and uh, share it on Pinterest, and then do a Pinterest ad to an audience to sell T-shirts and all that. Yeah, stuff. yeah. The thing is on Pinterest or on. Uh, the printful is getting somebody to actually buy or having something. You know, the, the thing about all of this reminds me is reminiscence of, I have three books. Mm -hmm. Okay. And one of them is called a right to property. And I know I did research over about 12 years of who these guys are that collected our data and where they sell it and who they sell it to. Um, where they buy it from, how they gather it. A Weber is one of the companies, and that every if you touch so much as touch A Weber or a website with A Weber, you uh, everything about you, including your shoe size. I'll put it this way: with a little bit, with fifty bucks, I can make a logical guess of what color underwear you were going to wear next Tuesday and what you're going to eat because I actually know how to read that data. Um, I understand the psychology of it. Not that, you know, I, I know that, but my point about the books and stuff is that I've tried the online thing and there's a ton of people selling stuff on Amazon and stuff. Yep, there and is. My, my thing, and the reason that you're with me and my guests is that I'm trying to develop more people to like me and you to possibly do business with us. But for the most part, 
like and trust us and have a reason that they're going to be benefited from the transaction. And, you know, that's where I'm at. Um, I get that. I do a lot of, like, I think called My Synergy Cafe. I like the word synergy. And cool. uh, it's my podcast. And uh, I believe that a video like this is the fastest way to be known, liked, and trusted. You know, so that's yeah. why, you know, I just use, I use this. I don't have any fancy equipment or anything. I'm authentic. I end up doing a lot of things out with my phone, just walking through the woods. I don't mind if they see where I live and everything. I want them to trust who I am. And some of that strategy that I've used for my videos is there's the, a freeway that we live by. It's 394. So it's familiar to the people around here. And there's a shopping mall called Ridgedale. It's next to the freeway. So I, I would do there. videos in front of Ridgedale in the background and with the highway sign in the background. And then I would advertise to a 10-mile radius of that area. So because people in that area have probably been to Ridgedale and have probably been down that freeway, so there's the familiarization, and they trust me. So do you do magic anymore? A little bit. A little well, bit. you still use magic, Brad, so your self-identity is there. Well, the brand, it's kind of like Elvis and Cher and Madonna. It's just a one-word brand, and it's unique to separate me from the Bryans and the Brents and the Brandons and the other Brads. Yeah, that's true. But it's still you. You got trip. That's a unique name. There's not a lot of trips out there. Yeah. Well, there's, well, we all take trips from time to time, but uh, yeah, the, the uh, trip is not my real name and we're not going to go through it on here, but um, (laughs) those people that know me uh, know that, you know, I don't make any, I I do that because I have a famous name. Magic Um, Brad's not my real name either. Oh, okay. Well, I wouldn't. It's my brand. Um, but, uh, Trip Elix is my company. Um, so I use, I use that for, um, my quote brand, but, um, how did you end up in Minneapolis? Did you grow up there? Born and raised. I uh, lived in the same house for 53 years till I got married. Okay. And then Deep marriage roots. changed everything. I moved out of the house and into another house and then we went on to Asheville, North Carolina for a couple of years, came back to Minneapolis because she's got family here too. And I like the change of the seasons. Yeah. And, and well, uh, North Carolina has some change of season. Yeah, it did. But the people down there are totally different than up here. There's In a, what way? I mean, I, I know some things about your community and the difference between where Brad is and where most of the United States are is particularly like where I'm at. Okay. Traffic accidents are caused by people jetting out in front of another person and making them slam on their brakes. Where Brad lives, people get into accidents because people slow down and try to be courteous, overly courteous to everybody, including on the interstate. Minnesota nice. <laughs> so it's completely backwards. <laughs> yep. Here, the way I explain it on the East Coast, they say it like it is. And in the Midwest, they don't make a decision. And in California, West Coast, Hollywood, they say what they're going to do, but that's not really what they're going to do. That's very true <laughs> and very profound. But in North Carolina, it's, I was in Asheville, which is a little bit different than the rest of North Carolina and South Carolina. My, my kid lived there for a while, so yeah, I it's knew a hip, It's a hippie town. Yeah. But uh, just it's kind of clicky. They don't know if they trust you. Kind of a weird area to get any business going. And uh, it's kind of small in Asheville. Once you've walked the city, you've kind of walked the city. So we used to say get back to Minneapolis. There's a lot of lakes up here. It's nice. And- Studio crap that I have going on here is leftover from when I used to do portraits. I've got a photographer friend that uh, he did uh, glamour photography for a while. Then that got popular and saturated. So he went into like unique entertainer type of photography. You would sure. do like Lonnie Anderson and people like me, like a magician. You do all that. That got kind of saturated. Then he went, um, he, he did weddings, but he didn't like weddings because they were saturated. 
So he shifted into Hmong weddings. And St. Paul here is a huge Hmong community. So he's known as the Hmong wedding photographer. Okay. Wants to know. Then he does off, offshoots of Hmong family portraiture, or graduation parties and all that. But he's got a very specific niche and he sponsors their, uh, their Hmong New Year every year. And everybody knows him, Alan Forrest. And it's a pretty cool little niche he's carved out for himself. Yeah, having the repeat customer always does make life better. And really having the relationship with other people and, and um, helping them, seeing them succeed in a way. It's kind well, a lot of, of what I've got going on, I, I like the word synergy, where one plus one equals 11. And uh, that's it. It's just you find two people that can work good together and you scale that up instead of sure. trying to find new partners all the time. Yeah. Yeah. There are, um, and there are a lot of people out there that, like you said earlier too, that just want, look at a job, look at work as a job and want a job. And there's a difference between looking at work and doing work um, and not making it into a job but being an enjoyment well one thing people a lot of people don't realize is they think that they're stuck into that job mentality thinking go to college you can get a good career but you can only work so many hours in a day and you can only get paid so much per hour so there's a ceiling there even though you're secure you can expand and you're not really secure because something like this covid thing could happen or your boss could get mad and let you go or you could get sick or have to leave your work. So it's not that secure either. That uh, do the big time promotion um, venues is, I, and what you do is you hire a headliner in that event thing. Uh, you hire a headliner that uh, is well known. The Shark Tank guys are available for rent if you'd like to rent them. Right. And you advertise that they're going to be at a particular place. The advertising cost is a bit more than Facebook. Uh, generally, you need about twenty five hundred, and you run it on AM radio. Um, fill up center that you have, or the conference center that you have, or block it for uh, ten thousand, and then you try to sell into one percent of the ten thousand if you're lucky have the uh, the headliner be the draw yeah you just let him go last but and you've seen that stuff too where they don't the the, the person isn't even going to be there like i've gone to uh, robert kiyosaki events where robert kiyosaki's not even there it's one no he's never there he's not there by design yeah but it kind of looks like it from the outside yeah he's uh every time he comes to uh my state i call the attorney general's office um <laughs> the way that that might work, not necessarily his business, but the way that works is that they have a free event to get people to come. And what the purpose of the event is, is to get the person on break to call their credit card company and up the amount of their limit. Yep, and I've seen you, that. And basically, the limit, the reason for changing that is because they sell a package that is um, usually somewhere between five and $12,000. Yeah, it's very close to the limit that they just upped. Right. And <laughs> I've seen that. Um, that five and $12,000 package that they buy is a regional conference where everybody from the eastern seaboard it, the first thing is at state level then everything from the eastern seaboard is brought together then those people are pitched with another thing but it's a $50,000 uh come to Maui deal and when you pay the 50 grand and you go to Maui, you actually, sometimes you can meet Kawasaki. Um, you can spend less money if you want to see Tony Robbins. It's a lot cheaper. Same yeah, model. That, that business model, it's been transferred into the online world. You know, you offer a, a little lead magnet, a little freebie, and that gets you opted oh, in. Oh, yeah, and, and the funnels and all of that. Yeah, same, same, same. 
So um, how, how do you, do you try, what do you try to use as an enticement and what's the end product? For when I'm doing the expo? No, the, the online stuff. Um, the end product is the end product and the enticement is, is the desire to have the product. So it depends on what the product uh, that I'm selling or promoting. Um, I also uh, use that software. It's not ClickFunnels. It's called Kartra. Yeah, I, know. I don't that? know that one. It's similar to ClickFunnels. I think it's a little bit better. But uh, you know, that's the product. If somebody wants to have a product like that that uh, has the ability to make landing pages and, and email lists and all that kind of stuff, you would promote that product and then people buy it. And then they buy it because they like the product. That's the only reason why you should buy a product if you like it. Sure. People so, use those lead magnets and stuff, but I, I just, uh, in fact, this just recently happened. Our friend Ty Lopez, he had a thing on there for, I think it was a buck, and I thought, what the hell, for a buck, I'll listen to him. So I bought into it, but right after that comes upsell, 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 one-time offer, all this stuff. I knew it was going to happen, and it did. And then um, now I'm getting the, I'm in the program, but it's not what it looked like from the outside. Because they're doing Zoom and they got lousy Wi-Fi and it's a it's a little bit frustrating because when you see Ty Lopez on YouTube, it looks fairly professional. I, I'm not familiar with who he is. Oh, really? He's popular on YouTube because he did that thing. Hi, I'm here in my garage. Here's my Ferrari, my Lamborghini. Oh, uh, one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah what's really funny about you know what was really funny about most of those guys is I've. I've spent time with some guys that really have made it and some of them are, some of them are pseudo hustlers, but I mean, they really, they really did make it, although it's on credit. And if they, I think the coronavirus has killed a whole bunch of those guys because everything is about leveraging every penny they have to make a payment. Well, some of those guys, they say they're trying to take every penny out of your pocket that's what sure. they're looking to do they're just looking to drain whatever they possibly can do another thing i don't like about it if you're familiar with neuro-linguistic programming i don't like it when they use that for that because that's a very powerful psychological technique you can walk somebody right to the bank they can take all their money out and put it in your pocket yeah well that you know that's part of the psychology the dan well it's not the danger it i think that we're all wiser when we understand the things around us and unfortunately we don't get that we don't get that opportunity until we've lived long enough meaning we get that when we're older older and wiser like yoda <laughs> you you gotta live it in order to do it and it's not like you can buy a you can buy a pill to make you um to buy experience. <laughs> well, I'm uh, going on 63 years old in June here. And just recently, I've had some of these aha moments that I thought, why in the hell didn't I know that already? You know, I, I was wondering why the, why the event industry is not working. It's, it's not as easy as it used to be pre-internet. Sure. And the reason is, Anybody can create a meetup or an Eventbrite page or a Facebook event. Right. And so you got a whole bunch of people creating events, but there's only 365 days in a year. So you've got all these people putting all their events in this 365 days. It's very, very saturated. Right. Well, there, the event planners, too, have a um, – the people that really do plan both corporate and – personal events give you an example of a personal event if you're out in the podcast world and you don't know what the hell we're talking about because i spent a good portion of my life at events and doing event big some little and mid-sized events and big events and magic brad here obviously has done events as well it there a lot of people think of a wedding planner, that's an event planner, but that's a very tiny little thing because they're only going to have like a max 150 or 200 people. Right. We're talking about a little, a little event 
is a little event is like 500 and then a medium sized one is 10,000. Um, and then when you get over that, that's really big stuff. The consumer electronics show. Oh yeah. See, <laughs> yeah. Did you ever go to uh Comdex? It was before that. I did. That used to be huge, but that yeah, declined that, when the internet came. Yeah. Well, that, the, the internet killed that. I mean, yeah, they ended up, uh, they ended up having enough money from that show that they held on one week that they could buy the Sands Hotel and Convention Center. That was Intermedia Group. Well, the trade show business is a, is a good business because you basically just rent a room from a, a producer point of view. Mm-hmm. You rent a room, chop it up into 10 by 10 squares and sell it. And you get your money before the show even happens. So right. You get, your, you get your estimated budget for advertising, then you advertise and you do the event and it's in the, when the show's over, you leave and the pipe and drape people got to come and clean their thing up. The exhibitors take off the venue does the vacuuming, the carpet. You don't do nothing. Yeah. Pretty yeah. sweet little deal. And the event industries, it's a, it's a vertical, but it's very wide. There's corporate events. You got association conventions, you got your weddings, then you got your fairs, festivals, city celebrations, and you get your galas and fundraisers at your private parties. And so the list goes on and on. And then all the things that you need for an event, that's across the board too. The staging and the lighting and the AV and the limousine services and the florists and the caterers, floral decor, chairs, tables, generators. <laughs> it goes on and on. It's huge. It's a big industry, events. Yeah, well, where you're at too um, is a more, there are more events in your area then i'm in between boston and new york city and Mm -hmm. there's not a lot in far as the event things of the midwest here but i know throughout the rest of the united states this is not true i'm living in a very abnormal place but but i'm sure even around there there's smaller type events like a county fair or something or even any hotel there there are a few but it's not i i I know where I know I have experience from where what you're from your eyesight and this place is like a dry market. There's one lady that runs um, events at a convention center that has a boating expo, a flower expo, bridal expo, um, a home and uh, a home expo. Does she do the home expo? Yeah. No, she doesn't do oh the God. home expo. Somebody else does it. She does not very nice shows. Um, it, well thought out. Um, she spends money on the inside because you see some promoters that don't spend money on the inside. Um, they only sell to the exhibitors, but they don't do the frills for the exhibitors. And then in some places like Chicago, for example, um in new york city you have to deal with the unions when you do a promotion oh totally it's not so much here but definitely chicago you can't you can't yeah. no i i've i've been up in your area and no I, I yeah and in chicago and new york city we don't got a very dangerous mafia here in minneapolis no and it's not <laughs> that they're dangerous there either and by the way the union the union guys actually do know how to do it they're a lot better than uh, Barney, who's the handyman that you get at some of those places, um, that will scratch. You met and Barney? Yeah, <laughs> I met. He's you know, there's Bubba and Mabel. Do you you ever meet them? I haven't. I've seen their commercials. Bubba and Mabel run government throughout the South, and <laughs> they don't use uh, in the North and in the North, uh, particularly the Northeast. There are law books and people, everybody runs to the law book or they grab the internet and they read the law out of the, ra- the law book. When you go down south, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> you go to the clerk's office and Bubba said, and that's the way that you access anything or that Bubba said, Bubba died like in 1962, but Bubba said. <laughs> the Bubba law, right? Yep. <laughs> I, I've encountered Bubba in uh, Tennessee, Georgia, Texas, 
um, Florida, different places. So have you, besides the married life and, uh, and doing that around, um, did you, did you do your magic thing off and on? Um, it was definitely full time. Sure. I did a lot of corporate events and that ends up being everything from like employee functions like company picnics and holiday parties. And then you get into awards banquets and ceremonies and fundraisers and then you got association stuff where they do conferences and conventions and you do that work. And then there's uh, corporate stuff that's towards like a marketing department where you work a trade show booth and draw people into the, to the booth. Like a, have like you a ever tried training street. people to do what you did? I don't like to teach. Um, okay. Uh, the reason is I, I just have a hard time explaining myself and I get frustrated real fast when people just don't get it. Well, that's that's what those teacher. that's what those courses are that we all take that don't make any sense. Yeah, I'm dev I'm very aware of those courses and people that teach those things. And my wife, she's a coach and she teaches people. She was a teacher at the University of Minnesota for 30 years, so she knows how to teach, and she likes it. And I don't mind teaching somebody if they really want to learn something, but sometimes it's not a lot of fun. It's kind of like the the Miyagi wax on, wax off. If I'm telling you to do this stuff, don't ask me why to do it. Just do it. And I get frustrated trying to explain to them they got to do the basics. You need to do the basics. You can't get right into doing a 360 spinning tornado kick. <laughs> yeah, well, and the the magic thing, although performing is, is only really a small part of it, the rest of it to be successful in the booking of clients and even even the publicity thing is escapes most people well the magicians are artists and usually artists are lousy marketers that's usually the way it works some some of them are some of them for the, for the most part you know, usually artists are oh i don't have to charge that much because you know i really enjoyed myself doing this now, most of the artists that I know want to charge half the price that you pay for a car for something that they created. That's because you're out on the East Coast. Those guys know how to do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's very true. And if you go down, if you cross the border and you get into central Mexico, it gets really cheap. Um, and if you want paintings, um, it it's still true if you go to the ukraine and just up above into uh the russian villages they have painting programs where the entire communities were through college up until through the uh 2000s were taught trained to be classical painter painters so there's a whole bunch of these people around that paint these unbelievable paintings in oil and you can buy them for cheap i mean it's like 25 dollars a roll so it's saturated us yeah it's saturated yeah they came over here for a while and then um they dried up and i don't know why exactly they dried up but i saw them uh i saw them in florida for a while i haven't walked the flea markets and you know the markets for ever mm -hmm. to see what to see what's out there there's a whole but um have you have you actually created anything with printful and and sold it i haven't sold anything yet but i just started a week and a half ago so <laughs> well do this i want you to email me if you ever sell anything for them i've tried a whole bunch of different products with even people that i know that know me and I couldn't find a, a thing. And a lot of the people that I know are creatives too. And, you know, they like blow their own glass and crap. So well, a lot I'm of this stuff is that again, it's it, this whole internet thing. It's easy to get saturated real fast. And as soon as it gets saturated, it's really hard to get your stuff across to someone and finding somebody that, that it, it appeals to. So I've been doing some stuff and instead of hiring someone to do a specific graphic, I just do simple stuff. Like I did a white t-shirt and it said Rudolph in a snowstorm and had a little red dot on it. That's kind of funny. 
So maybe okay. around Christmas time, people might say, oh, that's kind of cute. I didn't get that for grandma. So we'll see how that all plays I, I'm out. I'm waiting personally with, there's a process uh, that's called DISA out there that is using ink um, in a method of heat transfer. And there's also silk screen that you can get in a machine. But mm -hmm. um, instead of silk screening because the ink has to dry, using a process of DISA with a robot to actually, I walk up to a machine, I'll put it this way, walk up to a kiosk, I tell it that I want a pair of jeans and these are my dimensions and it takes a photo of me and figures out exactly what they are my dimension is in the waiting room i press a button and put my credit card in and in about 10 minutes i have a pair of jeans that are cut for me and made for me and that process of even the 3d things in our houses you know, the thing, all this crap from China, pretty soon we're going to be pushing a button and say, oh, I saw this picture on Pinterest. I like that picture. Bing, and you can have it. I think I saw something like that where it's a, a, lady, a girl making herself a dress and she just put her phone up, take a picture of herself and spins around and there's her dimensions. And who if you got yourself a dress? Yeah, I worked on a, uh, I worked on a, <laughs> I worked on a case um, sometimes I do consulting, um, uh, computer consulting, forensic stuff. And some girl had, younger girl thought that that was a program like that. And it really wasn't. It was some jerk. Um, <laughs> I know. I was laughing too. It's like Create, creative perverts, huh? Yeah, creative perverts. Yeah, it, you know, it takes all kinds. But, you know, I got a, uh, if you know anything about photography, I got a uh, a deal from some guy off of Facebook. I got a um, a really good tripod, cheap, but it was missing some parts. Like legs? It, it was missing the leg holders. Got you know, that. the pins. So I went online to see how much they were, and they were like, $30 a piece for a piece of plastic. Was it and medical? medical? No, level? it was for a tripod for a camera. <laughs> so I looked and I found somebody had a design that they had created for a 3D printer. And he said, you can have this. And some guy had posted, could you print it for me? I don't have a 3D printer. And he's like, find somebody on the internet that'll print it for you. I found a company in California that printed me the little knobs. Um, they printed them. Uh, what did I need? I needed six of them and they came out to 30 bucks for all six. I They're saw a thing about the whole black. robotic thing of when, when it gets to a place where the robots are actually printing themselves. So it ends up the yeah. whole AI duplication of itself. That's going to be crazy when that starts happening. Yeah, yeah well, we'll see. I don't know that we're going to be – the robots creating themselves, there are still things within that that have to be performed. And I Yeah, I totally – We still that. have human slaves that make these things. Yes, we have to have human slaves. <laughs> yeah. But yes. what's going to accelerate all this stuff is, is um, when it starts knowing how to duplicate itself, whether it be a robot or something else, that's going to spike with stuff like that. Cause it ha it well, we're pretty close to that now. Yeah, um, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah, Facebook's amazing. already had a couple episodes of that. So we'll see, we'll see what, you know, AI is, um, there's a good and a bad, and I found the bad AI. I found um, Microsoft. If you another topic, if you go out to my website, uh, you can find what I found on um, unethical AI behavior. But um, so when you create an event and you were doing the event stuff and trying to promote that with along with the uh, the online stuff, 
I know COVID has kind of like killed everybody, but what do you, what are your plans after this is over? Are you going to try to get um, people together? What's, what's it like where you're at now? Well, it's just uh, very similar to every place else. Like stuff, places locked down for the most part. They just uh, made an announcement that they're going to open up uh, like outdoor restaurants. So it's loosening up. But the, what my strategy right now is realizing that part of this is online, part of it is offline. So like I said, I'm kind of doing a hybrid of both so that when I get to the destination for my, my destination event in March, if we can't do it live, I'll at least have the momentum to do it virtual. So I'll be doing virtual events until we can do them live, and then I'll parallel them up in case this thing has a comeback or something. Why not hybrid them? If you can do a virtual, if you can do a virtual event and you can do a live event, why not merge the two? Well, they they essentially will be merged, but they won't be sealed together. They'll be their own independence, but they'll be in harmony, if you will. <laughs> okay. No, it's, it's, it's kind of like the model of the reason that my opinion, the reason that the networks are struggling is because, and cable is struggling. Cable TV is struggling is because the competition doesn't follow their rules. Mm -hmm. And you can have total on-demand anytime you want and create a playlist of anything you want anytime you want. So why, you know, the fruit of the labor, I watch one network for two shows that I pick off of Airwaves because that's all I'm interested in for TV from that end of the fence. Well, that's what I mean. It's uh, the, the internet has sort of uh, decentralized everything and it's anybody can get access to anything anywhere at any time. So if you want to tune in at one in the morning or four at night, it doesn't make any difference. You can do that whenever you want. And that's, it makes it a little more difficult for an event planner to congregate a bunch of people in a specific window because some people will say, I don't know, I'll just watch it tomorrow. You know, they, yeah. Well, it's, it's to me it's the part of interaction like you and i are having an interaction i pose a question you answer it or i make a mm -hmm. statement or you make a statement when we go to an event and we watch the speaker speak and i've been going to a bunch of these virtual things because in the security stream that because nobody is um meeting right now everybody is quote on lockdown but there's no interaction or the interaction component and the touchy feely of the thing is taken away i mean no, i don't not, it's not real time yeah it's, and there there's a there's a couple things missing and that is being able to wear your virtual reality glasses goggles and go to the place and really interact. That's why I was saying like your, um, like your event, um, take, um, take for example, a table of people at a, a dinner and, they're real and they're having dinner and a computer sits in the middle with cameras that are pointing all the way around and the other guest for dinner is anybody that wants to rent space at the table those people know that and we're all kind of used to it but if we're at an event for something else that we have a speaker then we can see the speaker and we can interact with the tables and we can sell table space to the people that are seated and to the rest of the internet for anybody that wants to show up. But it's not a thing that those people that show up for that thing would want as a recording. 
maybe the speaker talking, but not the other conversations. Right. Um, but you could make it now with uh, robotics um, in the, your industry in particular, your background industry, and make it seem that it's really interaction when it's not. Um, in other words, the one computer is actually host to 50 people looking at it and giving it questions to ask and the robot talks. Uh, but interactively, in real time, in conversation with. Uh-huh. Like a chat room almost kind of thing? So yeah, yeah, but more AI chat. Um, yep. I think this COVID thing is going to leave it as fast as it came in. I don't. Uh, well, it's I don't not going to last. It's moving. It's not moving very fast off throughout the rest of the world, um, and it 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 in this case, it's not just the U.S. that went away. It's everybody. Um, oh yeah, more of that. Yeah, your your neighborhood is a little is less. You're we're allowed to leave. We can be in a park. Um, we, a lot of people are walking around. I see more people walking in my neighborhood than I've ever seen before. Yeah, I've seen that too. It's a, quite a few people walking around. Which is actually nice. Yeah. I've been taking my dog for walks without a leash. Ah! <gasps> yeah. No, I'm trying to train him. He was always pulling on me and, and you know, pulling me all over the place. And it's like, no, 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 no. we're going to, we're going to get you away from this the right way. So he stays with me when we, when we walk, I can, and it makes it really, it's different. Well, again, you have any uh, pets? We got a little, uh, Corgi Chihuahua mix. Okay. He is Kingsley and we go for walks and he tries to pull once in a while. <laughs> well, there's there's a thing that you can do. There's a if you get a harness for Kingsley, just something that goes over the breastbone. If you put a ring on that, and you put his leash on the ring, when Kingsley tries to pull, he pulls himself in a circle. So he won't pull. Because he'll try to, every time he tries to turn, his body wants to, every time he tries to pull, his body wants to turn. Right. It'll get him out of the habit of trying to take off. Yeah, he kind of like does a wheelie. Well, no, he doesn't do a wheelie. He just feels <laughs> the pressure when he, when he tries to go forward and he slows down because he, does, he doesn't want to be forced to turn. It, it, and you can do it with any breast. It, it, they, people sell the stupid ring thing um, for too much money. I just got a breast thing and two of the um, two rings off of uh, key rings and crossed the strap. Let's look them up. Maybe there's an affiliate program for it and I can sell it. I them bet there them. is. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a big market for that. But uh, what I do, what I do is I sell stuff out of my backpack. That's just the way it is. I sell my books out of my backpack. Just go to the beach and set up on the sidewalk or something. Yeah, just <laughs> carry it around, and somebody will get into a conversation. What do you do? Well, I do YouTube and I do podcasts and I write books. And oh, what do you know? I got one right here. And um. I get the occasional, uh, well, that sounds interesting, but I only read eBooks. Well, I got one of those right here too. <laughs> and here's my PayPal account. PayPal me. I take cash. That'll work. Cash always For works. a little while anyways, but cash is dirty. It's got germs on it. Yeah, I know. It, you know what? Cash has always been dirty. Fortunately for me, because my state decided that I wasn't allowed to have unemployment insurance, um, lucky for me that I had enough money that I could afford to be unemployed for a little while, but I'm running out. So we'll see how that works.
Um, what, what do you know in the world of the membership model? Because that's something I would like to build on. I've got a couple of membership type sites and another project I was looking to work on is an actual brick and mortar building and turn into a private club and charge membership. And the reason I like membership is because it's ongoing, reincurring monthly income. Yeah, while looking at it on the income side and memberships um, have to have a residual return. In other words, you, I'll give you an example. There's a club, it's a beach golf club that is in lower Connecticut. And the people that are old school money for the Eastern Seaboard, the people that are descent, direct descendants of the uh, some politicians you've heard of from Massachusetts and their family, um, cousins of them, and everybody there is um, on a trust fund waiting for their parents to die so they can get over, they take over the trust. Um, really nice so they buy membership into the club so that they can associate and get drunk with each other and not be tattled on by any news organizations because it's their friends and relatives that they're getting drunk in front of in the summertime so that's one form of membership and what they get out of it there are people that are supporting some of the YouTubers and like Tim Poole, for example, has um, a internet following and he also has a membership only on YouTube. You pay to his club. There's uh, um, Crowder that got thrown off of, uh, demonetized on YouTube, but he already had a membership thing. And people wanted to see louder with Crowder, so he had a whole. He has a server of his own, and he sold membership to interact with him, see his old stuff, and he gives a a thing out, and he gives T-shirts out, and he does personal inter, um, appearances with his membership. Exactly that kind of thing. But you got to have a base for that. Do you have well, a base? I have to have some kind of follow. No, I don't. I'm not very popular. I'm not as pop- popular as Mr. Crowder is. Well, or Mr. Rogan. Yeah, Mr. Rogan. Did you hear that he um, he's going over to Spotify? Hundred million dollars. Yeah. I would too. Yeah, over time, we'll see how that how that actually pans out. I think he's smart enough to do a, to to know that he owns his own brand, so he can kind of go wherever he wants to. Well, he owns podcast. Mm-hmm. Literally, he has the most popular podcast on the planet. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's kind of like Prince. You know, Prince made a name for himself, and when they tried to, to be in control of his name, he changed it to a symbol. And he said, heck with you guys. I'll do what I want to do. Yeah. Well, the you know, the corporate, the corporate guys, uh, if you, you allow them into your life, um, they have a sweet pool of tea, and we'll see what happens next. Uh, <laughs> do you know the uh, Do you know the story of um, uh, what's his name, the uh, pop artist that uh, yeah, I can't remember his name now. He's a musician, um, a musician who made his own deal, um, which happens every Ed. Uh, Ed uh, Ed Sheehan don't know that one Ed Sheehan yeah you ought to look him up Um, he's a musician he's got uh, he's been on the top 100 for the last um, 48 months and made a splash in the United States um, with one of the big recording places about five years ago, but he made it on his own term. He brought a book with his own list, um, not a shared list, 
he brought a list and a notebook. The thing about the shared lists and the Facebook thing, and I'll just tell you from my own heart, that sharing your list with a Weber is a really bad move because these guys steal your property. So what you do is you point, get a web server that you pay for. SiteGround has got a real cheap deal. There's Bluehost that you can have a web server for like a dollar a month for the next year. Okay, at WebPress. Build your, grab a funnel from anywhere for free and stick it on that. And collect the email addresses yourself. You mean, you, you mean use the server and then uh, save the email addresses on your own server instead of using their fancy dancy. Don't use their fancy dancy stuff because they yep. steal it. Yep. I noticed that uh, there was a company that was sort of uh, copying, um, what was it? Go to webinar or something like that. They, they sort of made a duplicate of that. And when you would do, an, do a webinar, you'd invite all these people to this webinar. After that, they would start getting emails trying to sell them the webinar service. So that kind right. of thing. Right. So you're a, you're a magician in the Minneapolis area. I'm just going to throw this out there, okay? And you are selling your service as a magician. Um, and you go out on Facebook and advertise and use Gmail and Facebook and Google are actually associated through a third party. So is Twitter and a whole bunch of others, a Weber, all bunch of others. So if I want to sell a, and I'm a big organization, I want to sell anything dealing with interest of magic, your list, I can buy. You're just giving your who you're is interested in you to the third party so they can sell it to somebody else. This is what desensitizes my opinion. This is what desensitizes us from advertising is we keep getting hit with all these things that we'll really get care, give a crap about. It's all crap. I don't want it. I don't need it. And yep, you didn't ask for it. You're just getting it. You're just getting it. Yep. And this is how all of these guys quote their model works. Their model works through stealing it. Do you remember blab? Hmm. Not sure. No. Remind it me. Was, uh, it was, it uh, was working with, um, a guy that created it was, uh, I think his handle is tech bloke. And, uh, he, um, it was like a Brady Bunch kind of thing. So you could have four people on the screen and then on the side there was a chat so that everybody could chat and they were, it sort of fed off of Twitter. So people would be on there and you could be the host and have a co-host then you could bring guests in off of Twitter so they could say, Hey, I want to be on the screen and you just grab them and pull them in and then you can have a little conversation. And when you want to kick them out, you just kick them out. Oh, no, I didn't. I wasn't aware was, of that. It was a neat program when it first started because it was real basic. It was just like a grid of four with a, with a sidebar of guests. And it fed off of, like I said, off of Twitter. So anybody that had a Twitter handle could access it. So it was open source kind of thing. Cool. And then people started saying, well, it would be really cool if you put a Facebook, put a PayPal button on there so we could sell stuff and It'd be really cool if you put the lower third on there so we could do this. And it would be really good. And they put too much features on there. And it got heavy and then it sucked and people quit. Oh. Hmm. There's a there's a thing that's out there that's not it's not TikTok. It's it's Tosh. I can't remember what it is. It's a it's a video platform that they use Java off your web browser. So if you open the URL off of like Chrome, it mm -hmm. grabs your microphone and your camera and just throws it into a square on a shared meeting space. So anybody that you invent 
invite with that URL adds another square. You don't have to install anything. It just works off of Java. Yeah, there was one called Appear, and uh, they bought, got bought by a company, and now it's, it's called Whereby. And okay. It's like that. You, it's not, you don't have to download anything like you do with Zoom and everything. You just click the URL, and you're there. Yeah, well, whereby. Zoom actually works. I mean, uh, unlike out through history of using applications that didn't work, this one actually does work. Well, like go to a meeting. I don't like having to download that heavy thing. Hey, have a great night, Brad. Okay, see ya. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this program, and obviously you did if you got to the very end. I would appreciate it very much if you would share this podcast with other folks that you know out there, and please, please leave me a review on iTunes. I really need to know that you exist. I really appreciate it, and I will be making another episode very shortly. Until then, adios.